0: Good evening. We are thankful that you were here this evening and appreciate the opportunity to encourage one another as we have uh, today. It's been a great day. It's not been the best weather outside, but we are thankful for the opportunity to be in here and to be together. Uh, we had a lunch this afternoon for our Lads Leaders program. Our kids worked on some projects and things and we had lunch together and uh, just made for a, a good day for many of us to be together most of the day. And I can't think of a better way to, to spend a first day of the week than to be here with you all to encourage ourselves with the time together. You know, I was just thinking about the, the joking about technology. The, the saddest thing about that is we have to tell the young people what songbooks are. You know, I don't know, they, they may not be familiar with those kinds of things that are in the pew in front of them. I shared that the other day uh, with something else that was happening in our lives because we had a moment that may have been Friday night. We had a moment a while back where we had rented a U-Haul uh, to to do some moving of some things around in the Dunlap area. And Clayton, I can talk about him since he's not not here tonight. But we were he, we were sitting in the U-Haul there in the front, and they had this little thing along the door that you had to you know roll to get the window to, to go down. And he kind of gave me that look like I've have heard of those before, but I've never seen one of those things. So uh, you know, there's a lot of things that kids may not know that we need to teach them about, uh, which is. Part of the lesson tonight, of course, is we're going to think about the book of Proverbs. And if you have uh, your Bible in front of you, you may want to be turning there. Uh, we are continuing what we call our Book of the Month Club. And I usually try to mention that I'm indebted uh, to my good friend and fellow preacher, Chad Dollahite, that preaches down in, for the Bremen congregation in Bremen, Georgia, for the idea. Uh, something that he went through over the course of a of course, several years as it takes to to get through all the books of the Bible. And I hope that it's been a benefit to you. We've had a space over the course of the pandemic where we were not meeting, and we kind of took a break from that. But as we have begun our Sunday night services, we try to catch uh, one book of the month and think just in general about some of the things uh, that are there. And, of course, if we made it through the book of Psalms in one uh, 30-minute sermon, then I think we're going to be okay the rest of the way out. And we are ready then this month for book of Proverbs to talk about wisdom. If you think about Proverbs, that's what people think of is, is wisdom and really the idea of practical wisdom. As I was doing some research and thinking about this idea of wisdom, uh, someone said that the wisdom, of course, of Proverbs uh, of the Bible is the idea that it's not just knowledge, it's, it's not just uh, mental activity, but but the word that is often used in the Hebrew language is chokmah, is the Hebrew word that is used, and it's used in a different place as well. You may want to turn over to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, if you recall in Exodus 31, the first few verses are really a good portion of it there. It's talking about those artisans and those craftsmen who are going to build the tabernacle. And in verse number three, it says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in Hokma, in wisdom. So these, these artisans, these craftsmen, had the same kind of wisdom that we talk about when we think about the book of Proverbs. It's the one word that is used there. So it's not just mental activity. It's not just that they were smart people, per se, but it's about action. We might say it better to talk about skill, or applied knowledge. If you think about those craftsmen, that's what they had. They had a skill, and applied knowledge. So we want to be knowledgeable, so to speak. We want to be smart. I don't know if that's the best way to say it either. Have wisdom, but it's also about action and applying that knowledge. Uh, I'm going to run through a list real quick. If you're making notes, you won't be able to get them all down. But when we think about wisdom in Proverbs, some of the topics that are covered in Proverbs are the home, speech, Purity and pride, anger, fairness, greed, laziness, even the brevity of life, the idea that life is short, uh, the, the dangers of alcohol, avoiding evil, trusting in God, fear of God, and even gossip are just a few. And that's a lot, but just a few of the things that are discussed in the book of Proverbs. If you recall, if you were with us last month as we began looking at Psalms, we said that we're entering this section of Scripture that talks about poetry. We talk, uh, typically call it the section of poetry. That the Psalms are, are lyrics, uh, their idea of poetry as we kind of commonly think of it, but then that Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are what we call a didactic. That is teaching poetry or teaching poems. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight. If you think about the book of Proverbs, it is sort of beloved by many people because it has 31 chapters. And if you've ever tried to read through the Bible, you understand what I'm saying. There are seven months of the year, of course, of our calendar that have 31 days. And so a lot of people take Proverbs and they'll read it at least those seven months, but almost every single month. If you just fit one extra chapter in on one extra day, you can make it through the book of Proverbs in a month. And so it's beloved by a lot of people because it's the one thing they can just sit down and simply say, well, I'll read the book of Proverbs every month. I'll read Matthew, I'll, I'll read the New Testament, I'll go through all of that, but I'll come back and every month of the year I'll make it through the book of Proverbs. And so it's, it's interesting that way that it's easy and we can kind of read through it in that particular fashion and it makes it easy to, to consume it and to remember it. We're going to come back to that in just a few moments. When we think about the book of the month, we usually talk about the human author. And I don't know if I do a good job of reminding you of that each month, but of course we know from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so each month we talk about the author of the particular book, but maybe it's good to remind ourselves every once in a while that we're talking about the human Author. We know that God, of course, by inspiration, has given us the Bible and His Word to know what to do. But there is a a penman, there is a human author that has been involved with the writing of these books. And when it comes to the book of Proverbs, we think of Solomon mostly. Solomon. We know from 1 Kings chapter 3, and actually it's in, if you're jotting down your notes, 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 32, that we read that Solomon was the author of about 3,000 proverbs. 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 32. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. And so we know that because in 1 Kings chapter 3, That Solomon makes this deal with God or request from God this wisdom. In 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 12, God says, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. As we think about Solomon, notice, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. We might say that Solomon is sort of the fountainhead of wisdom. Even though we're also going to notice here that he wasn't the only one who authored the Proverbs, he is sort of that that fountainhead through which wisdom came forth. In chapter one of Proverbs in verse number one, the Bible says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. You go over to chapter 25, Proverbs chapter 25 in verse number one, and you see again these also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. Now, some people will take some of these from that point a little further and attribute them to Hezekiah. But it says here that they were the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, uh, king of Judah, copied. But if you know your book of Proverbs, you go forward to chapter 30 and chapter 31. But in chapter 30, we see that these are the words of Agur or Agar, the son of Jacob, his utterance. And so these are the words of Agar in chapter 30. You go over to chapter 31, and it says these are the words of King Lemuel. Now, in doing study, it was actually interesting. You may, some of you may be aware of this, but some people believe that Lemuel may have been a, a pet name, for lack of a better phrase, for Solomon by his mother Bathsheba. And that's, I guess, a possibility. Maybe it's somebody different. Maybe that it's Solomon. But some scholars, through their study, would say that Lemuel may have been a pet name of Bathsheba for her son, Solomon. But mostly Solomon, as we think about the author of Proverbs. And you know what's interesting, as we talk about Solomon for just a moment, Solomon is known for his wisdom. I mean, you think about Solomon, most of the world would say, wise. But what's the second thing that we usually think about when we think about Solomon? Solomon. And it's the idea that his wives turned his heart away from God right we might say that Solomon was a great teacher but a terrible example and maybe you've known someone like that in your life we all strive to not be that to be able to say do as I say and do as I do but we know some people who will say the right things but they don't practice those things Solomon was a great teacher, but he was a terrible example. But the book of Proverbs are full of a lot of these sort of short statements that we can take and use in our lives. When we think about the date, that's something else that we commonly try to uh, make mention of when we talk about the book. It is, of course, based on the idea that we may not know every single author, is varied because of that idea. Some of these were collected. Of course, as we mentioned just a moment ago from chapter 25, Hezekiah's men collected these. So Solomon had written them, and then they were collected. If chapters 30 and 31 are truly attributed to Agur and to uh, Lemuel, then they are unknown. But let's just go ahead and say as well that if we're talking about Solomon, then that would have been around the time of the United Kingdom, and that would have been around 1000 BC, the year 1000 uh, BC. And so that's kind of a framework there as we think about Solomon living during the time of the United Kingdom. But, of course, as we try to really nail it down, we're going to have a little bit of trouble with that and not be able to do it exactly. When we think about the book of Proverbs, the other thing that's usually mentioned or a way to sum it up and talk about the message is practical principles for daily living. Practical principles for daily living. Simply put, it's wisdom. Simply put, the message of Proverbs is that it is the wisdom of God. If you were with us, I remember which lesson that was over the last couple of weeks, but we made mention, sort of made a joke of the fact about, you know, Scripture, and I, I guess it was the idea of biblical illiteracy. It was that lesson, which may have been a couple of weeks ago now, and we talked about, you know, first grandma and that kind of thing. Some of the things we listed, several phrases that aren't in the Bible, but maybe you always heard your grandmother say or something like that. Well, if you've heard a phrase that you're like, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure if that's a, just a, a st- saying that my grandmother said or a biblical statement, there's a good chance if it's from the Bible that it is from Proverbs. There's nothing good or bad about that, but simply the fact that Proverbs are so many short, quick statements, and we're going to come to the style of Proverbs in just a moment, uh, but they're, they're really easy. They're really easy to share, they're really easy to apply sometimes, and, and they're just practical for everyday life. Things that apply to all of those things we talked about a moment ago. Relationships, our, our money, our, our bodies, the choices we make. Daily living, there are lots of good ideas and ways to live from Proverbs. Now, the, thing we other, the other thing we oftentimes say is that many of the Proverbs statements are general truths. I, I've always heard that said, and finally, in preparation for this lesson... I heard the way that I think I've, I've ever, I loved it the best, and that's this. Proverbs are probabilities, not promises. You're jotting that down possibly in your notes, but think about it as well for just a moment. Proverbs are probabilities, not promises. Now on the surface, if we're not careful, we think, well, that, that doesn't sound like the Bible. That means we can't trust the word of God, or it's not true, or maybe that's, that causes a little bit of Uh, confusion in our minds, or if someone else uh, is is to hear that, but I'm going to be willing to guarantee you almost that there are some things that we might mention tonight from the book of Proverbs that you've experienced in your life, and you say, well, you know what? That's not the way it happened for me. I I mean, I live my life faithful. I've tried to be good. I've tried to be obedient to God and be faithful to him, but it's not always worked out exactly the way that the Proverbs writer said that it would, that it would work. Many of the statements are general truths. And, if you know, sometimes the preachers say, well, if you don't get anything else from the lesson, I hope that you get this. And I always kind of say I don't really like that. But maybe that's kind of the idea here, that we would realize that what we read in the book of Proverbs are highly probable, if we'll follow them, but not simply promises from God. Let's look at a couple to make our point. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 27, first of all. Proverbs ten twenty-seven there's a mention here of the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. And most of the church would say, amen. That's absolutely true. We might even say that, that clean living in a sense would prolong our days. The fear of the Lord might involve no alcohol, no sexual uh, promiscuity. You know, these things that might not only be harmful to our relationships, but even be harmful to our bodies if we were to have uh, diseases or problems that come along, uh, along those lines. so clean living, uh, the, the fear of the Lord, uh, might make it where, yes, it's better living. We might live longer. But I know a fellow by the name of Cain, and I know a fellow by the name of Abel, and I know that Abel was doing what God wanted him to do and being obedient, but which one of the two lived longer? Well, of course, Cain lived longer because Abel had his life taken. We know this to be the case as well because we think about Job that we talked about for our book of the month just a couple of months ago. Good people still suffer. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. There are some people who are living to be 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, longer than other good folks who pass away for any number of reasons, whose days are longer, and it seems unfair God says here, the proverb writer says here, what we read in 1027, yes, that's true, but it's not a promise, but it is a probability. And you know that to be the case. If you avoid the things of life that cause trouble both in relationships and, yes, physically sometimes, your life seems to be better, less stress, better health. That's true, but it's not necessarily a promise, we might say. Another one, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 7. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When my brother uh, Chad Dollahite presented this lesson, he, he shared that when he was in uh, preaching school, they had to do a lesson on a you know a famous preacher from the past, a restoration preacher kind of. He had chosen N.B. Hardeman, and instead of N.B. Hardeman, if you know anything about N.B. Hardeman and his debates, he he was hard. He prepared hard. He was serious. He was not ugly. He was not mean-spirited, but he was serious about it. He was going to present the Word of God and the truth of God's Word in a very serious and firm fashion. And, and some of us would say that he really, you know, dusted the floor, mopped the floor with his competition, you know, with the other guy on the other side, put him to shame with the debate and the, the, prepare, the way that he had prepared. But it was often said by his, those, the people that he was debating against that he was a gentleman and a scholar. I mean, they'd just been taken to task. They had just been proven wrong in everything they had said, but they would still leave and say about him, he was a gentleman and a scholar, because even his enemies would make peace with him, as it says here in Proverbs sixteen seven. But I also know a guy by the name of Jesus, right, who was a good person, who followed God and was always pleasing to God, but did he have his enemies just taken away? Did his enemies just say really nice things about him all the time? Or were they mean about him, mean to him, hate him, and yes, even kill him? It wasn't a promise to Jesus because he still had many enemies here. But we know that in life, yes, if we are pleasing to God, many times our enemies will be at peace with us because we are simply doing what God wants us to do and being faithful to him. One more, very quickly, Proverbs 22 in verse number 6. Proverbs 22 in verse number 6, you know it even if you didn't remember what the passage was, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know people who are faithful who have children who are not. You know people who maybe have ended up unfaithful, and their children are. It's not a promise, but it is a probability. We pray, and of course, even as our children are young and are not out on their own yet, that we will do all we can to make sure that they are ready to be faithful to God That we can train them up. But it's not a promise that without a doubt our children would be unfaithful, but it is a probability, and we should follow the word of God. One other thing before we move on here to the style it's also interesting that the Proverbs have a universal appeal. They have a universal appeal. What do we mean by that? Well, they are not, they are very rarely, if at all, strictly targeting Jewish people or Jewish customs or Jewish laws there's little in the Proverbs that are strictly Jewish. Well, what does that mean? That means that in 1000 BC, Proverbs is applicable. It means that in the first century, the Proverbs are applicable. It means in 2021, the Proverbs are applicable because they're not just targeted at the Jews, they're targeted at life in general in many ways that if people would pick up the book of Proverbs and make a bestseller out of it and somebody would go around and, you know, share all of them and tell people this is what they need to do to live right, there's a good chance they would be living a lot healthier and a lot happier in many ways because they're just good ways of living, practical principles for daily living. So they're not just targeted at the Jewish people. Let's talk about the style for just a moment. Well, number one, it's short, right? They're all short. And that means that sometimes they can feel disconnected. You know, I don't know if you like a, um, a story, if you like flowing. We've talked about this with our young people, in particular with lads to leaders in the Bible Bowl. Uh, you know, when we studied Luke, it was this great flowing story, of course, of the life of Christ. Right? You read about him from a young age into his ministry all the way to his death, and it's real easy to follow. You go and you look at Exodus, and the first part is a nice flowing story of Moses and the people. But then you get to the back half, and there's all these rules and regulations about how big things are supposed to be and how, how tall and what they're supposed to be made out of, and it's kind of hard to read and get anything out of. Well, Proverbs are very helpful, but they're also very short, and they can feel very disconnected. There may be a few reasons for that. When you think about literature in general, it was common in early history, of in the early history of many nations, to write in short kind of statements. You think about the, the proverbial style of instruction, what was popular. Many people would do that, especially in the East. Everybody, anybody ever quoted Confucius, right? You say those kinds of things. Short, very simple statements. So it's common in early history of many nations to write in that style. Uh, and so that's one thing. But here's the other thing about it they're short, yes, but that also makes them very helpful to memorize. Do you want to memorize Scripture? Have you tried to memorize Scripture? I wouldn't necessarily suggest that a great place to start is Acts chapter 2 with Peter's sermon or one of Paul's sermons later because it's kind of hard sometimes. Try memorizing the Proverbs. Try starting with some that you may already know, like Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. It can help us memorize these things. If you want to do that, then let's start here with the book of Proverbs a couple of key verses before we move on to our last few points. Uh, key verses. First of all, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know any fools? I know we're maybe careful about using that sometimes, but you know any fools? People who despise wisdom and instruction? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's a great way to sum up what we find in Proverbs. And then one other set of key verses that I would give you, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I heard several people use this as a key passage, but it was also one of my favorites. I used to have it written down where I could always kind of see it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What a great statement to wake up to every morning, to to have maybe on the bathroom mirror or or by your your nightstand or or somewhere in the car as you're driving to work, but to remind yourself every day to trust in the Lord and not in yourself, and he will direct your paths. Just a few key verses there uh, for your consideration. Let's talk about some main divisions. Uh, The book of Proverbs, because it's so short, is kind of hard to divide because of the shortness of these things. Um, But it's interesting that many people will break it down into five divisions. Why is that? Well, what have we talked about recently? We talked about last month that the book of Psalms is written in five books. That maybe the Jews and the Jewish leaders would go in and put the Psalms into five books because of the Pentateuch, the five books of law. Well, here, some people would break it down into five divisions, the first being the Proverbs of Solomon, chapters 1 through 9, and those Proverbs having and being discussing The praise of wisdom. The Proverbs of Solomon on the praise of wisdom. The second section being the Proverbs of Solomon on a variety of subjects. Chapters 10 through 24. Here's where we get into that it's really, really hard without spending lots of time or maybe giving you a whole additional sheet of paper with notes to kind of touch on every single subject. But chapters 10 through 24 might be the Proverbs of Solomon on a variety of subjects. The third section that we've already touched on for just a moment is the collection of Hezekiah's men. And they might be categorized by having an economic emphasis. Proverbs chapters 25 through 29, Hezekiah's collection with perhaps an economic emphasis. And then chapter 30, which is the words of Agur. If you have a chance to read these, sometimes maybe you do as we talk about them you know, as you've already begun, we're a couple of days behind, but you could begin and catch up uh, fairly easily. But think about chapter 30. Chapter 30 is a lot on nature. I don't know if you've ever read chapter 30 before. Chapter 31 is the one we know. We'll get there in just a second. But chapter 30 has a lot to do with nature. I open up my Bible here. I see the eagle and the serpent. Now, there are other things as you talk about the earth, and you see there are Uh, These words are mainly on nature. And then chapter 31, the words of Lemuel relating to his mother. As we think about the the woman that's mentioned in Proverbs chapter 31, the virtuous wife that we refer to a lot. All right, let's talk then uh, very quickly to finish tonight about four main lessons. When we try to break the book of Proverbs down, uh, we might can say that everything that's in there could be connected to four different ideas. Number one, duty to God duty to God. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. We need to follow God. We need to do what he says. We have a duty to God. Chapter 20 and verse number 22. 20, Say not thou, I will re- recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. We have a duty to God to not take vengeance into our own hands but to wait on him, and he shall save. Even as Charles led us in the song just a few moments ago, I have found a friend in Jesus. I wasn't sure if we stopped on the second verse on purpose there. But the second verse says, In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. That's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18 and verse number 10, we have a duty to God to serve him, to be faithful to him, and many of these will point that out and remind us of that. Number two, we have a duty to self, a duty to ourselves. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You're going to recognize some of these. We quote them uh, quite often. We'll we'll just kind of toss them out. They're so easy to remember, and we use them in different uh, lessons in different ways. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. What about it, adults? Should we have listened when we were young? Taken some counsel in the older folks and in the wise? It's a good lesson for our young people. And even to remind ourselves today, there are times that we listen to those who are older. We take counsel in those who are wise. We don't think that we've got it all figured out. We have a duty to ourselves. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Know God's word, study it, apply it to yourself, don't just trust what the preacher says, don't just trust what other people say, don't just trust in yourself, it seems right, but follow the word of God. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Again, you probably know that verse, even if you don't know the exact scripture reference. We have a duty to ourselves. We also have a duty to our neighbors. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 through 29, Proverbs 3, 27 through 29, withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it, by, hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. We tell our children, well, don't tell somebody just, we'll go away and come back later when I have it for you, when I'm really ha- I am really have it behind the door, or I have it waiting right here, but you just don't want to do it for someone. We have a duty to our neighbor's. Proverbs chapter 14 in verse 21 He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth but he that hath mercy on the poor happy is he. And Proverbs chapter 18 in verse number 24 a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. What about teachers is it up on the wall in your room? Maybe not Proverbs 18:24. But that idea of being friendly, being kind to others, so that you can have friends as well. We have a duty to our neighbors, and then finally, maybe this is the biggest. I don't know. I didn't do a count or go through, but we have a duty to our family. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, is chock full of husbands and wives, of parents and children. Proverbs chapter eighteen and verse twenty two. Twenty two. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Proverbs nineteen. 13 and 14, a foolish son is the ruin of his father and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. And of course, we've already mentioned chapter 22 and verse six, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. One final thing here. If you have your Bible, turn with me to first Corinthians. That's right. First Corinthians chapter one and verse number 23. I told you this morning in our lesson that we would come back and talk about Jesus for just a moment. Sometimes it's a little easier than others. We talk about Isaiah, talk about the prophets. There are some things that very easily point towards Jesus. But yes, without a doubt, the New Testament is about Jesus, but so is the Old Testament. Constantly pointing forth the way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning about verse number 23, Paul is talking about that preaching and the preaching of Christ is to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and notice, the wisdom of God. It's maybe a bit of a stretch to cause us to think about it, but it is interesting that in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is often personified, right? We talk about wisdom listening or wisdom hearing or looking or those kinds of things. So wisdom is personified, but maybe that is in this sense that Jesus is saying, listen. He is the wisdom of God there in verse number 24. And it goes on through the rest of that section, through the rest of chapter 1, even to verse number 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and the righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Hopefully, you might take a look at the book of Proverbs over the course of the next month. We've been asking you to read and to sign our banner out in the lobby, and some of you may have already worked through Proverbs, and, and maybe you haven't got to it for some reason yet. That's fine. But sometimes as we talk about these books, maybe you can encourage yourself with some of these notes and going back and reading them again. This is absolutely one without a doubt that we can apply each and every day of our lives, thinking about the ways that we can be faithful to God, that we should take care of ourselves and what we need to do, our neighbors, and certainly our family as well. As we conclude the lesson tonight, it is all about Jesus. And even though we talk about Old Testament things, they're pointing the way towards him, his coming, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we do extend heaven's invitation to you. It's Jesus' invitation that you would come to him. If you are heavy laden, if you are burdened, you come to him and he will provide you rest if you're here tonight and you're not a child of God we'll be singing to encourage you that you would be baptized for the remission of your sins even as we talked about in our lesson this morning that you would be baptized into Christ even as brother Joe and I were talking about just a moment ago before we began it's in Christ where all spiritual blessings are found the Lord will add you to his church and you can begin to live faithfully but you know about the, the thing about those proverbs they sometimes leave us we fill our mind with other things Lots of television shows, lots of movie quotes, lots of music and many other things, knowledge that we have here on this earth. We forget about the knowledge of the word of God and we turn away from him. Maybe you're here tonight and you are a child of God. You've been baptized but you've wandered away. We'll be singing to encourage you as well. If you need to come to the front and make it known in a public manner, we'd love to pray with you and for you. But we're thankful for this opportunity to encourage you even now as we stand together and as we sing.